0: Shall we say then, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid? How shall we that are dead to sin or dead because of sin, live any longer therein? Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless. From now on, we should no longer serve sin. But he that has died is freed, is liberated from sin. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God in like manner. Reckon yourself, count yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Welcome to the
1: Unchanging Word Bible Study. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living.
2: Calvary, life that never
1: ends. On the Unchanging Word broadcast today, Dr. Mitchell, in speaking of the believer's identification with Christ, asks, Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe my experience? Well, in working through this chapter 6 of Romans, in verses 6 through 11, The Apostle Paul calls upon the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to know the facts and to count the facts to be true. Now, what are the facts? Well, first of all, when Christ died, I died. Secondly, when Christ was raised, I was raised. And we are to reckon or count upon or compute in our hearts and minds that this is what God says is true of you and me who believe in his word his word written here. So are you and I going to believe God or not? It pleases God when we do. Well, turn in your Bible to Romans chapter six, verse six, and here is our teacher, Dr. Mitchell.
0: Thank you. Again, we come to you, and we're continuing our study in the book of Romans. And we're in chapter six, God's way of sanctifying his people. And we've come to a very, very important passage. And In our last lesson, we were dealing with the fact that when Christ died on the cross and was buried and was raised again, we were identified with him. And the Apostle writing informs us in the first five verses that there are some facts which we ought to know. And it seems to me that so many believers have never realized this fact That when Christ died, we died with him. He died for you and he died for me. And this was the end of our history as sinners. We are now the children of God. We are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, where sin reigns and where death reigns. We're in the kingdom of God's Son, where we reign in life, where righteousness rules, where love rules. And in these first 11 verses, we are delivered from sin as a place in which to live. Now, if I were to ask you, Christian friend, when you accepted the Savior, were you not delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son? You'd say, yes, that's what Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says. He hath translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son then if you are in Christ, then you're no longer seen in sin. Now, in chapter 5, the last half of the chapter, we were delivered from Adam's race, which is ruled by death. But now we're in a new race, and we're living in a new place, no longer seen in sin as a place in which to live, but we're seen in Christ, in a risen Christ, and we're to know this. Now, if you want to manifest this, by a rite or by baptism, that you've been joined to the risen, glorified Son of God. Well, that's well and good. But it's, it's something that God does. This is what I want to get to your heart. This is true of every believer. Do you remember it says over in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, about verse uh, 18, he gave himself for our, for our sins, the just for the unjust. He died for me. He died for you. And we were quoting those scriptures from Colossians chapter 3, the first four verses, or in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 17, where new men, new women in Christ, we don't belong to the old, we belong to the new. We are no longer seen living in sin as a place in which to live. Now, starting in at verse 6, he continues this question of identification. Now, remember, he wants you to know the facts. He wants you to reckon the facts to be true. Then he wants you to yield your bodies to him. It's what we find as we go down the chapter. Now, in the first 11 verses, then, we are delivered from sin as a place in which to live. Knowing this, verse 6, knowing this that our old man, now I better suggest what this means, all that you and I were in Adam. Our old man was crucified. It's not a present tense. Was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. I better stop here a moment. The body of sin has not been destroyed. And this word destroyed here in the verse, is the same word used over in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. If I may quote those verses to you, Our Lord became a man for what purpose? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us who through fear of death, were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Now, Satan was not destroyed, but he was rendered powerless. And if I were to read this verse, Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man, all that we were in Adam, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that from henceforth we should not be the slaves of sin. Sin is no longer our master. We have a new master, Christ Jesus. Now, the man out of Christ, the man who was not a Christian, He is still under the authority and power of sin. Sin is still his master. He may deny this. He may say he's better than you. That may be true outwardly. But sin is his master. That's where he lives, in sin. Sometimes Christians are amazed at what sinners will do. But remember... Their master is sin. Your master is the risen Christ. Death has come between you and the old master, sin. So he goes on to say that henceforth we should not serve sin. Sin is no longer our master. We're no longer living in sin. He's no longer our master. For he that has died is freed, is liberated from his old master, sin. Death emancipates us from the old. As I said a long time ago on this program, in chapter 6 the other day, I said that the death of Christ severs the relationship to sin as a master. Now, I know all Christians, at least as a rule, know that the death of Christ has severed their relationship to sin. The S-I-N-S, they've been forgiven their transgressions. And they'll never again see their sins. They believe that Christ put away their sins by the sacrifice of Himself. Hebrews 9 26 and many other scriptures. 1 John 3 5 says, You know He was manifested to take away our sins. You have in the eighth verse of the same chapter, 1 John chapter 3, You know He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. But the devil is still a personality, he still lives but his power over the Christian has been shorn, and sin has lost its authority and power over the believer. Death has taken us out from under his reign, and we now are on resurrection ground. We're joined to a risen Christ, for he that has died is freed from sin. Verse 8, Now if we believe, now if we be dead with Christ, We believe that we shall also live with him. If I acknowledge the fact that when Christ died, I died, then I believe that I'm going to live with him, joined to the risen Savior. It's a funny thing, you know, about us Christians. I ask the average Christian, "Do do you believe that you live with Christ? Oh, yes. Do you believe you're going to spend eternity with Christ? Oh, yes. Do you believe that Christ has put away your sins? Oh, yes. Do you believe that you have died to sin once? Or oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. My experience doesn't say that. I didn't ask what your experience, I'm talking about a fact. I repeat it, my friend, when you come to chapters 12 through 16 of Romans, the last, these last few chapters, it deals entirely in the field of experience. For example, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God and this is what we're dealing with, is the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not entangled again with these other things. Be transformed. Now, I want this thing very clearly understood concerning this matter of sin. He that has died is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died under sin once. You see, well, Mr. Mitchell, I know that Christ died once unto sin. So did you. So did you. It's a fact. He's not talking about your failures. He's talking about the fact of sin being a master. And he's a tyrant. Don't you forget that. Sin is a tyrant. And I want to say to you today that it's hard for a believer to take over these verses. I know that. Because immediately I talk this way, you immediately look at yourself. You see your failures and your frailties instead of daring to believe what God says. And let me warn you, by the way, you say, well, Mr. Mitchell, I believe these things. All right. I guarantee you're going to have some tests along the way to see if you really believe it. You're going to have failure. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trials. Do you believe what it says here? He that has died is freed from sin. Well, Mr. Mitchell, I sin. Let me, let me put this word in. He that is dead or he that has died is freed from sin as his master. This is a fact. I wish I could get it to you. I see, I've dealt with this so much with people and they insist upon saying, but I take that seventh verse and verse eight. He that is dead is freed from sin, but I'm not, you say. If we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall live with him. I believe that. But that seventh verse, that seventh verse. Well, look at verse 10. In that he died, he died unto sin once. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. That's true about Jesus, but not about me. My friend Paul is telling you that what the experience of our Savior was, he's through with sin forever. Well, let me attack it from a different viewpoint. Is Christ Jesus, the living Son of God, through with sin? Oh, my, yes, oh, yes. Absolutely through with sin? Oh, yes. When did that take place? At the cross? Where is he now? On the throne. Will he ever go back to the cross? No. Will he ever be made sin again? No. Through eternally with sin, S-I-N. Yes. God says you, t- you also in Christ are through with sin forever. Sin is no longer your master. Remember, sin pays wages, which is death. But you died. The wages were paid. You're joined to Jesus Christ. And the life we now live in the flesh, says Paul, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us, who gave himself for us. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by works, then Christ died in vain. I'm quoting, by the way, Galatians 2, 19, verses 20 and 21. Oh, yeah! I wish in some way I could make it clear to you. See, I know I'm talking to you face to face, and I'm getting right down, and I'm asking you not to look at your feelings or your experience today to believe what God says is true. Now, listen, am I going to believe God or am I going to believe you? Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe my experience? You will tell me, well, Mitchell, you should believe God. What about yourself? Now, look at it. You got your Bibles? He that is dead is freed from sin. If we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. It's true with it. Death hath no more dominion over him. That's right about the Savior. Death hath no more dominion over Jesus Christ. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. That's right. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. That's right. Now, verse 11. In like manner, count yourselves. Reckon you also yourselves. Count yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, here is the reckoning of faith. Let me go back now. We ought to know the facts. What are the facts? When Christ died, we died. That was the end of our history as sinners. I'm no longer a child of wrath. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer in sin. I'm in Christ. Death has severed the relationship to sin as a master. And just as sure as Christ died unto sin once, we died unto sin once. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. We live unto God. Christ being raised from the dead, he dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, neither does it have over you or of me. Death has, been, has, been, has lost its authority. Sin is no longer a master. It has been rendered powerless by our Savior. If sin comes into a believer's life, it comes in as a trespasser. I'm talking about God's way of holiness, God's way of sanctification. God says your history as a sinner came to an end. You're a new man. Your a new woman in Christ. Now, as I said a while ago, there are those who have uh, different terminology concerning this. That may be true. But the facts are the same. The yearning of the human heart who loves the Savior is the same. We are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. No longer in the place where death reigns and where sin reigns. We've been joined to a living, glorified, wonderful Savior and Lord and I'm to live my new life under him. I'm to count that all that I was in the past is gone, settled, once for all, forever. And I say this reverently, just as surely as Christ was through with the sin question at the cross, so surely are we through with the question at the sin sin question at the cross. We are to reckon ourselves to have died with Christ And we are now to live unto God. Not unto self. Not dying daily to sin. But to reckon the fact that I'm through with it. It has no longer any mastery over me. Or over you. Again I say the unsaved person is living in sin. Controlled by sin. Dominated by sin to a more or less degree. Sin is his master. But now for Christians, in Christ, that relationship has been severed through the death and resurrection of our Lord. We're joined, if you tell me you're joined to a risen Christ. If you tell me that, my friend, then I want to tell you that sin is no, has no longer any place in your life. Sin, S-I-N, is no longer your master. I'm not talking about the fruits of sin. I'm talking about sin. The body of sin might be rendered inactive, powerless over the believer. And that's just as real for us as it was with the Savior. It's a strange thing. We can see it very clearly with Christ. He died. He was through. He's never again, never again to be on a cross. He is never again to die because of sin. Sin has no more authority over him. Never did have. Never will have. He annulled the power of Satan and he annulled the power of death and he annulled the power of sin and the cross. And for the believer, we had to count that to be true. In like manner, verse 11, in like manner, count not, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's the... That's the thing. Two things we've had now in the first 11 verses. We had to know the facts. We had to count the facts to be true. Whether I feel it or whether I don't feel it, it's true. When Christ died, I died. We're true. Sin is no longer the master over the believer. Now, starting at verse 12 and running down through verse 15, we are delivered from sin as a principle of operation. We are no longer under the tyrant sin. But he calls upon me to do something concerning this new relationship to Jesus Christ, which we'll take up in our next lesson. Now, you read the book of Romans. Read that sixth chapter through as often as you can. And remember, the Lord wonderfully bless you for his precious namesake.
2: Of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bow down with care. God gave his son his erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin O love of god how rich and pure how measureless and strong Made were every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky.
1: Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast.